It is Thursday, September 3rd. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, Jeff Lagerman's personal duck blind, J.P. Shadrick. I have no idea what that even means, and I don't even know if it's duck season, but welcome into Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, busy program today. We'll start off with the Jaguars moving forward. Well, we thought the moving forward might be over with until this afternoon. Ronnie Harrison has been traded to the Browns. We'll break down that move and what it means. Roster cutdown day is looming as well. We'll get into some of those roster battles. Senior VP of Sales and Service Chad Johnson joins us at 4.15. Tony Vaselli at 4.30. And we'll go around the National Football League. Uh, Jeff Lagerman, of course, joins us. We're at our home studios today, and let's start right off with it. Logs, Ronnie Harrison traded about an hour ago officially to the Cleveland Browns, a fifth-round pick coming back in 2021. The Jaguars now have 11 draft picks in next year's NFL draft. Ronnie Harrison gone, though, after only two years in the National Football League going into his third season. What Are you surprised by this move at all? Um... I, I wouldn't use the word surprised. Um, you know, here, here's the thing, JP. If you look at what's happened over the last couple of days with the Jaguars and, and you kind of marry that with what they've been talking about all throughout the offseason, all through the preseason here, even though there hasn't been any games, but in training camp, they've talked about at length about changing the culture. And changing the culture to me means that you want to get rid of some guys that you don't particularly like, that maybe you don't feel that they're strong in the locker room, that they're meant for your team. And then Ronnie Harrison also might have been a case of, look, we've got a lot of talent at that position. We feel really good about the other guys that we have. You know, let's face it, Ronnie Harrison was not a a premium starter for this football team, not anywhere close to being a premium starter. He was a a good player. but are there other guys that have a talent or a skill set that's close to him? Absolutely. So if you got some other guys that are pretty close to you, you better have a lot of good culture about you. And I don't know if Ronnie Harrison, that was the case. Ronnie Harrison in his two years with the Jags, just over 100 tackles, three sacks, uh, three interceptions, 12 passes defense. But he did have a little bit of a track record, at least on the field, of some extracurricular things, a taunting penalty here, an unnecessary roughness there. Um, that kind of thing on the field cannot help this football team. That, that JP, that goes to what we're talking about here, and that's culture. You know, I think the thing that disappointed me the most with Ronnie Harrison, as far as on the field stuff, he had, uh, it wasn't uncommon for him to have missed tackles. And when you're supposed to be a tackling physical safety, you can't have missed tackles. I mean, you're the last line of defense. That's the name of the position. It's called safety. But when he had the taunting penalties that you're referring to, JP, this is a, a guy that was, wasn't even involved in the conversation that he just entered himself into. It's almost as if at times it was similar to the Leonard Fournette situation in Buffalo to where Leonard Fournette involved himself in a fight on the far side of the field when he had absolutely nothing to do with the play. Ronnie Harrison involved himself in certain skirmishes on the field where he wasn't even involved in the play and ended up getting taunting penalties. So, look, I I don't know if this is the exact reason why, but from my perspective, and they're talking about changing culture, 
you've got to make sure that you have your guys, and especially when you're going young, because look, the fact is that the Jaguars are going young. And when you're going young, you want to make sure that the influences in that locker room are strong and strong and positive. And I think that that's where the focus is with this football team right now. I think that's what Doug Marone and, and Dave Caldwell are, are setting out to do, even if it involves cutting a guy who was a, a number four overall selection in which you could have had other quarterbacks, which would have been franchise-type guys, and even if you have a safety who was a third-round pick and you trade him for a fifth. You know, if you're going to get better and you're going to do it with youth, you better make sure that you've got really positive leadership with that youth. We will ask Doug Marone about this trade today of Ronnie Harrison to the Browns at 5 o'clock on the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. The head coach joins us at uh, the top of the show today, coming up in a little less than an hour from right now. Uh, Logs, you mentioned the youth. Doug Marone was asked about that youth. Has he ever been around anything this young in the National Football League? No, in the NFL, I've never, never uh, had this. Uh, the closest, I think, would, would be New Orleans, you know, when we first went there. And then in college, you know, uh, it was the same thing. You know, we had a lot of these young guys coming in and playing, um, and it was good. And, and you know, yes, I in college I did see it. I would call it gene, you know, growing pains. I saw that in a college um, format. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see that, nor... Uh, would I expect that out of the players that we put on the field now? That's Doug Marone earlier today. He spoke with the media before practice at TIAA Bank Field. According to NFL Research Logs, the Jags had the fourth youngest roster in the league as of the middle of this week. With an average age of 25 years, 121 days, only the Rams, Dolphins, and Vikings were younger as of middle of the week. And that's just by a matter of a few days or months. So, yeah, we say it's young. It is literally one of the youngest in the league. Yeah, but you've got to remember, too, JP, that that calculation is made based on a roster that's not even finalized yet. Wait until right. this Jaguars team decides to make its, its roster cut down and they get to 53. I don't think there is any question that they may be the youngest team in the National Football League, I think they may be one of the youngest teams ever as far as experience in the National Football League. Uh, this is going to be an incredibly young football team. It's going to have some growing pains. But at the same token, as long as they're growing, you feel good about a year in which you have that many youth uh, or that many got young guys playing on your football team. They were pretty darn young back in 2013, too, weren't they? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were pretty young then, but you know what? Here's the difference. You had how many draft picks this past spring? Twelve, right? Twelve, correct. Okay, so you got 12 draft picks. Do you see any of those draft picks not making this football team right now? I would be really surprised if they uh, were all not around next week, yes. Okay, so if you're keeping 12 rookies, I mean, we're going back to – the 1995 expansion see where you had, you know, extra draft picks and everything like that as far as the number of draft picks that you have. You know, but here's the thing. Um, back in 1995, you know, this football team was supplemented with a lot of guys that were in free agency. And so you had a lot of additions to that where this team 
had some participation in free agency, but some of the free agent acquisitions that they got have opted out or been forced to retire or whatever have you. Right. So uh, this football team is going to be incredibly young, uh, and it's not going to be just one side of the ball. I mean, this, this isn't a, okay, let's just reconstruct the defensive side of the ball, let's reconstruct the offensive side of the ball. I mean, right now, this is a reconstruction across the board. Now, I mean, you, you got uh, uh, certain components of the defense in the back end. Uh, you're talking about the interior of the defensive line on the edge. Uh, I mean, on, on offense, you've got a wide receiver position that has two young draft picks. You've got a drafted tight end, undrafted tight end. They're possibly going to be in the mix. Undrafted running backs. I mean, this, this is going to be uh, pretty interesting because, you know, when you factor in that the undrafted running backs have a strong possibility of making this team, you could end up having maybe 14 rookies end up making this football team. That's a huge number. That is a huge number. That's a lot. That's a lot. Indeed it is. Uh, no doubt about that. You, and all of that on the offensive side to be led by a second-year quarterback in Gardner Minshew. No 27 to lean on anymore to carry the ball 25 times a game. So this is Gardner Minshew's deal. Bucky Brooks yesterday said basically the training wheels are off. This is your offense, Gardner, and Doug Marone was asked about Minshew's mindset. Is he ready for opening day? Mentally, I, I feel really good. I mean, I really do. I mean, he's on top of it. Uh, you know, he's always been real sharp that way. Um, right now, we're just kind of rest him and, and, you know, get him ready for, for next week. So, uh, you know, we're just going to take a step back, and, you know, he's done everything that we've asked him to do. Um, you know, mentally, he's, he's, he's right on, right on target. You know, now it's a matter of, hey, listen, all these guys have been through camp. They've been through a lot. Um, now it's a matter of just pulling back, you know, over these next couple of days. And then, you know, Monday come in, and, you know, my goal is to have everybody, you know, feeling 100%. And that's sometimes you're asking too much there because you really never play this game at 100%. But, um, you know, just getting him ready to go. We uh, heard from Gardner Minshew after practice. We'll hear some of his comments coming up a little later. But but he understands what's at stake here. Obviously, for him, I mean, it's his opportunity as the, the starter going into the season uh, in training camp for the first time really since high school, he said before. But he also knows what else is on the line. If they don't win games, um, he and the decision-makers are probably all out of here. He said that today, and we'll hear him uh, coming up a little bit later. So there's a lot of pressure, obviously, on Gardner to begin with. And now the lead running back is not around. So this feels like, logs to me, a lot of Gardner Minshew this year, which wasn't really unexpected, I think, going in. Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, look, uh, there's other running backs that are capable of filling that role, but not just one of them. I, I think it's going to take a collection of the running back room to be able to replace the numbers that Leonard Fournette had. I mean, after all, what he accounted for 30, 33% or almost one-third of the offense. And, and he was uh, really the primary thought on, on any situation. And, you know, and, and I don't know if that's a reason because, you know, going back all the way to 2017, he was considered to be a great player. And he had a quarterback who wasn't so good, and you were trying to keep the ball out of his hands. Uh, but the reality is, is that Leonard Fournette was a dependable game day player. Uh, was he a dependable non-game day type of player? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to me that a lot of the conversation about Leonard Fournette, they talk about how, that uh, this wasn't a decision about Leonard Fournette as a person or anything of that nature, 
But the reality is, is that you just don't cut a guy if the decision wasn't based on something besides just production. Uh, to me, that's another, that's where we talk about that culture decision, JP. And uh, it's going to be a tough, a tough go of it trying to find, a, you know, one guy that can replace his number. So it's going to take multiple guys. And, and I think with Jay Gruden's offense, they're going to be dynamic. They're going to have a lot of guys fill different roles. And, uh, and they feel good about what they got without Leonard Fournette. Obviously, they wouldn't have let Leonard Fournette go you know, because of cultural reasons if, uh, if they didn't feel good about what they could get out of the other guys. Yeah, I, I think my point I was trying to make about it's Gardner's offense. Well, he's got to spread it out to all those different guys now. I mean, remember, Leonard led the team in receptions last year, too. He was the leading receiver by uh, catches. Yeah, which is not good. Team, I mean, leading all look, the wide receivers. JP, no. that, that's not good. You don't want your running back to be the leading receiver. You know, so uh, the quarterback's got to throw it to, to other people. I mean, look, if it's Tom Brady and he's throwing it to the running back, a running back is an integral part of the offense. And if Jay Gruden's going to run that kind of offense, sure. Throw it to the running back. But last year, that's not how this offense was built to be successful. That was like the afterthought. Okay, nothing else is there. We've got to check it down to the running back. So it wasn't as if Leonard Fournette caught a bunch of balls and every time he caught the ball on a pass that it was a dynamic play and it made an impact in the game. A lot of them were just mediocre yards. And so you, you got to be able to graduate and take that next step as a quarterback. And it's going to be a, a pressure-packed year for Minshew. When I say that, more pressure on, on external nature or people's opinion of the situation because Gardner Minshew is not a guy that gives the appearance that he is swayed or impacted by pressure. I just don't get that opinion. But the reality is that Minshew's got to up his game, JP. You know, from watching the scrimmage on, on Saturday, I don't think it was a particularly strong performance. And so he's got to be able to, to bring his game up, especially with the departure of a guy that provided so much for the offense and then you got to find a way to replace that. Gardner Minshew's got to be a big part of that. But also the running back room and the coaching staff has to find creative ways to get other guys the ball. It's a lot that has happened this week, of course. We'll, uh, a little later in the show, get on the defensive side, break down that Ngakwe deal, and, and Allen and Chason really solidifying there at the rush-in position and, and get your thoughts on, on that move that the Jaguars made this week as well, Logs. We'll come back in a moment, though, and visit with the Senior VP of Sales and Service, Chad Johnson. The Jaguars have launched an organization-wide commitment to voter education organized by players and coaches and designed to encourage fans to get in the game with a call for civic engagement. The Jags are calling for fans in Florida to register to vote by the October 5th deadline. Visit jaguars.com vote as a resource for voter registration and key deadlines. Chad Johnson in a moment. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. 
DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars fans whether it's on the field or in your finances the key to success is a solid plan from high yield banking to home lending into retirement and beyond tiaa bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money it's time for a plan start building your legacy today at tiaabank.com jaguars tiaa bank is a division of tiaa fsb member fdic Equal housing lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bonos. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual. Ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Game day is just around the corner, and we can't wait to be Duve all together again. Jags are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe at TIAA Bank Field this fall. From cashless concessions to contactless entry, visit jaguars.com slash stadium and learn more. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman from the home studio. But now we go down to TIAA Bank Field in our home studio that's not at our homes. It's our second home, of course. Chad Johnson is with us today, Senior VP of Sales and Service Good afternoon. What's going on down there? Hey, guys. We're, uh, we're excited. Ten days away, as you mentioned. Fans are coming back to TIA Bank Field. And, in fact, on the 13th, I think there's 13 games being played that day, and we'll be the only one that has fans live here in the stadium. So we've taken a, a lot of precautions to make sure that we're ready. Boy, and Chad, yeah, uh, Saturday when the Jaguars were scrimmaging, some of those precautions were well on display uh, the extent that you guys are going through to make sure that fans feel comfortable and are safe, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, um, 
there's two things. We have a lot of fans that want to come, but they also have to be willing to come. And to be willing to come, they have to know that our building is going to be safe, sanitized, and easy for them. So we've invested a lot of resources, and it starts from the time they get into the parking lots to the time they leave where we can limit contact and have a safe, sanitary experience for them. Yeah, Give and, some and, examples uh, of what, what that, those things are because you talk about uh, the incredible commitments because, uh, I mean, from sanitizing stations, touchless, paying for things, tickets. Yeah, uh, yeah let me, is it let me more walk than you that? through. Um, from the time you get here, we're socially distancing the parking spaces so you have extra room when you come in. We've purchased new magnetometers that will allow you to keep your cell phone and keys on your person hold that clear bag and walk right through. So again, eliminating a touch point. We're purchasing uh, self-manned uh, ticket scanners so fans can go right up and scan their ticket. Uh, we've invested in mobile ordering so you can order food and beverage right from your seat, get a text alert when it's ready, show your phone and they'll scan that QR code and your food's there waiting. So we've, we've really limited the contact points, but we've done so in a way that's taken a lot of investment, uh, both in time and resources to get ready. Chad Johnson with us, Senior VP of Sales and Service for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags at home next Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts to open the 2020 regular season. How difficult was it to get the, the socially distanced seating chart? And, you know, how did you guys come up with the, the chart this year? And how long did that process take for you and your staff? Yeah, so, so just to get the seating manifest ready took us about three weeks. We started with using our partner Ticketmaster and some technology they have that can build out what it would look like on paper. But then once you get in the actual seating bowl, it's a little bit different, right? So we, we took that and, and really went and de uh, developed the little seating pods. You can have groups of two, four, six, um, making sure you have space both behind you and, and in front of you. And then when we went through the stadium, what's really interesting is we have different size seats all throughout the stadium. We have 18-inch, 19-inch, 21-inch seats. So we actually had to measure each pod uh, personally to make sure we had the six foot of space that we need for the physical distancing. Um, we're actually out there now zip-tying the seats closed that won't be used. So the entire stadium will have their uh, unused seats zip-tied, and we'll have to walk through and double-check that to make sure it's accurate. How do fans zip ties, go right? about trying to, to get a seat? You know, if, if they're interested in, let's say, buying four game day tickets, I mean, do they have to be season ticket holders? Can anybody call the Jaguars and say, hey, look, I'm looking for this number of seats? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, Jeff. So we started with selling season tickets. So we did go to our current members, and a number of them purchased the full season package. And then last week we did open up the individual game tickets. So those are available on Ticketmaster.com or by calling our office. What's important to know, though, is that you're required to purchase the entire pod. So if there's a group of six you see, you won't be able to purchase just two seats of that six. You would have to go into a separate two-seat pod. So the technology is helping force that fan behavior to keep that pod integrity and make sure the guests are in your inner circle and you know that they're safe as well. Chad Johnson with us, VP of Sales and Service, uh, Senior VP of Sales and Service for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You mentioned it off the top. I mean, we're, week one, the Jags will be the only um, building with fans in the National Football League. How much do you uh, discuss the ideas like this with other teams in the league, get ideas from different marketplaces of how they're going about it? Uh, how much conversation happens from, from marketplace to marketplace uh, when it comes to COVID in the NFL? 
Yeah, we're, we're on calls multiple times a week with our peers. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs will actually be the first team to open with fans. They play on Thursday night. Um, as I mentioned, we'll be the only team on Sunday. And there's another, another uh, other teams that are going up, the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts. And most teams are really wanting to. It's just a matter of getting their plans approved by whether it be city or state officials. And we started working on our plan back in June. So our goal from minute one was always how do we welcome fans back safely, get that process approved, then go build the manifest and work on the business side of it. So I think we were, we were really ahead of the game because it was so important to us in Jacksonville. Our fans are such an important part of our success, and um, I'm excited to be able to do this on Sunday. With Chad, with uh, you guys working with the city and local officials to come up with a plan of you know, what you can do in the stadium as far as fans goes, how was that process with those folks? And, uh, and was it uh, a partnership completely from beginning yep. to end? Yeah, there's a lot of entities involved in putting on a successful Jaguars game, right? ASM Global, who manages the building on behalf of the city, uh, our partners at Delaware North Food and Beverage, um, Safe Security and, and that group, uh, Fanatics, our partners. So we had to get everybody rowing in the right direction. Then we worked with the city of Jacksonville, the medical director, city officials, to make sure from minute one we had the buy-in. From minute one we were all rowing in the right direction. And uh, it, it really was a great partnership to, to get this plan together. It's about a 200-page document. Our back-to-football protocol that we submitted is about a 200-page document with all the things we're doing. Wow. That's a lot of change, a lot of, uh, a lot of planning to get to this point, we're right on the doorstep of the season now, Chad, the uh, Jags and the Colts coming up next Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. And the Jags, of course, want you to be safe and healthy. So all these additions are for that this year. And uh, tickets are available again, where, where the site and uh, uh, the number, Chad. If you go to jaguars.com slash tickets, it'll give you all the different options you have. So that's probably your best place to start. And then we need our fans to remember, while you're in the stadium, you have to wear your mask. We're all in this together. You have to wear your mask the entire time, including being at the seating bowl, and we want to make sure we have 100% compliance on Sunday. Love it. Chad Johnson, VP Sales and Service for the Jags. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate Thanks, your time. Thanks, guys. Great seeing you. There he is, Chad Johnson, busy man. Uh, fortunately, yes, uh, busy because the Jags are selling tickets for next Sunday's game, one of the few teams in the National Football League, and uh, game day is as he just said, right around the corner, remember protecting the team starts with you. Stay home if you don't feel well. Practice social distancing. And remember that masks are required at TIAA Bankfield this season. Visit jaguars.com stadium to learn more about the new protocols. Tony Baselli joins us in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. 
Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure-ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready-to-go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F-150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe, and it's your weekend be Duval together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at tropical smoothie cafe one taste and you're hitting refresh now palm trees swaying now letting loose now busting a move now cranking up the beats now hands in the air now feeling free now you're on tropic time now and right now at tropical smoothie cafe try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies and you're tasting fruity now sipping sunshine now toasting summer now you're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I think it more than anything it really just shows that people are watching us very closely. You know, I think people see it from afar and see, oh, they're losing their biggest names, but that's not how we feel. Um, and, I mean, realistically, I know if, we, if we're if we tanking, you know, Coach Marone, uh Dave, Caldwell, and me are probably going to be out of jobs. So I know us three and a lot of those other guys in the locker room are not going to let that crap happen. Um, so I, I feel very confidently in everybody's desire to win, and uh, that's absolutely not anything that, uh, you know, we envision happening. Gardner Minshew II today, after practice, when asked about the uh, national call of the Jaguars tanking, and we're about halfway home on Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Loggin from our home studios. Tony Baselli joins us now. We'll have Doug Marone on the Doug Marone Show at 5 o'clock. And, uh, Tony, we'll get your thoughts right off the bat here on the Ronnie Harrison trade to the Browns for a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. Now 11 draft picks for the Jags in 2021. 
Ronnie Harrison, no longer a Jaguar. Big news this afternoon. What's your initial reaction when you heard the news? Um, well, you you know, I've kind of been hearing rumblings that with the, how the safety position was shaking out, that there might be some changes there. And uh, I think as they looked at it. Um, Ronnie Harrison was odd man out. Um, so, you know, you have to trust the evaluation of Doug and, and Dave and the rest of the staff that they're making the best choices to give this team the best chance of winning. Um, in the big picture, you don't love, you know, drafting a guy in the third round and, and two years later and a guy that you expect to be a, uh, a pretty big piece of your defense moving forward, a young young guy, you drafted him to be a starter at the safety position, and you have to move on so quickly just after two years and only get a fifth round in return. Yeah, Logs, you, you mentioned that earlier. That's, uh, that is a, certainly a quick turnaround, but um... – you know, I, I guess the question is, is this it? They've had a lot of changes in the last week. I don't know if I'd put the Ngakwe yeah. move in this realm of the last two of Fournette being waived and, and Harrison being traded today, but are they done, Locks? Well, I, I, you know, look, I don't know. I mean, they, they could end up, you know, having a trade and bring some people in, or they could try to trade uh, one of the wide receivers because I think it's a pretty talented room. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a lot – the question of tanking and all that comes up because all of that happened at once, you know, and obviously the Ngakwe situation has been something that's been going on all the way back to when the offseason started and free agency started. And then the Leonard Fournette thing, it was kind of going on in the draft. There was rumors would Leonard Fournette be traded during the draft. And then the Ronnie Harrison thing, I don't want to say it comes out of the blue because it, it's not completely a, su a surprise to me, but when it all kind of happens together, that's where I think people start saying, okay, well, the Jaguars are tanking. But, and if you're Gardner Minshew or, or Josh Allen or any member of this Jaguars football team, the last thing in the world you want to be doing is to be answering questions about your thoughts on people thinking that you're tanking and you haven't even played a game yet. I mean, that, that's got to be incredibly discouraging from a player standpoint. I mean, Tony, we were 95. We didn't have anybody asking us questions. Are you guys tanking so you can get a better draft pick in 1996? We didn't have that even as an expansion team. Yeah, no, it's not great, Jeff, to your point. I mean, it, it's a distraction, and you, you never want your guys having to answer those type of questions. But if you think about it, you know, a lot of this is coming from the external. Um, you know, we're close to the team, and if I would have told you at the end of last year as we evaluated this team and kind of where they're going um, – would we be surprised that uh, Ngakwe was on, not on this roster? I don't think any of us would have said, no, probably better than not chance he's not. We thought maybe he'd been traded earlier, maybe got a little higher pick, um, whatever. Um, I think all of us talked about, you know, Leonard Fournette's a big, a big name nationally because he was picked in the top five. Um, Jeff, you and I have talked about it at length. Is he the right, was he the right fit for this team? Was he the right fit for the offense they want to run? I mean, in a single back out of the shotgun, a lot of inside outside zone. Um, really doesn't fit his skill set, probably. Um, and if you ask, did he perform at a high level where he was a dominant back that you would expect to get as a top five pick? I don't think anyone internally would say, yeah, and we're happy with the pick, with all the things that have gone on um, in a combination of on the field and off the field. And so I don't think, Jeff, I know you and I would not have been surprised if you had told us that um, when we talked in January and we're wrapping up the year that, Leonard Fournette would not be on this team. Um, and then if you get to Ronnie Harrison and you look at the production and 
Um, I don't think he had a great year, second year. Uh, I think there was a lot more expectations that he'd take a bigger step as a first-year starter because he had a promising rookie year. I'm not saying he was a bad player by any means, but I think the thought was um, they need to get better at safety. They need to get better at the middle of that defense. Um, and after looking at it and going through camp and looking at the draft pick, the young guy Jones that you got, Wingard, uh, who played some significant snaps, especially the second half of last year, um, and the rest of that group, I think they felt like um, looking at the room, looking at the locker room and the production, the actual real production, take the names off the jersey. Um, take the names of where they are drafted and everything else, you know, uh, take that away for a second. Now, I don't like trading third round picks and getting a fifth two years later. And I don't like drafting guys in the top five that don't end up being a part of your long term plan. Um, that's not good. But if you set that aside, it's a sunk cost, as they say in business. Um, you don't get those back. You have to make the decisions that are best for the ball club moving forward. And in my estimate, uh, estimate, estimate uh, in my estimate, none of this um, really speaks to this team tanking because none of it surprises me that much. Yeah, I think the one thing that probably a little a little hard to take for, for the fan base and, and even for me, it's like, wow. I mean, when you think about it, you know, Leonard Fournette's a top five pick. And that was a draft where – uh, you had a year in which Blake Portals did not you know, have a, a great year in the previous year, and so you, you bypassed two franchise quarterbacks or possible franchise quarterbacks. I don't think there's any debate about Patrick Mahomes, and most people would be in agreement that Deshaun Watson is a, is a franchise guy too. So I, I think from, from a fan standpoint, when you have you know, those two guys that are still in the league and considered some of the best young quarterbacks in the game, and Patrick Mahomes might be – the brightest young quarterback to, to enter the game in years. And you could have had either one of those guys and the guy that you picked in that spot, you just cut. I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a tough thing. And so, so I get some of the frustration that some of the fans could – look, I mean, when Leonard Fournette got cut, I mean, I, I got my phone – I don't know about your phone, Tony, but my phone was blowing up from friends and, and family and, and uh, associates that are all, in, you know, big fans of the Jaguars and big fans of football, and they're like, "What? What in the world?" You know. So, but I mean, it is what it is, and and uh, and I definitely would say that there was more to it than just a, a, from a talent standpoint with Leonard Fournette. You know, they kept talking, as I said this earlier with JP Tony, uh, they kept talking about culture and culture and culture in the off season and throughout training camp. Uh, I think there was more than just production based decision here with Leonard Fournette. Jeff, I mean, all your points are good ones, but I go back to we can't re, we don't get a redo 2017 when we put, picked Leonard Fournette and didn't take um, Mahomes or Watson. And we said it on Monday night. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, that's Tom Coughlin's pick. That's the guy he wanted. Um, and I don't think that's a doubt. I mean, he wanted a big back and he wanted to be physical. But I also think it was because, you know, Dave Caldwell felt like they had a, a franchise quarterback in, in, in Blake Bortles. And so you can go back and play – you know, detective and, you know, break down every little aspect of what we should have done and, you know, and kind of do an autopsy uh, post, uh, you know, postmortem um, and figure out the mistakes and what happened. But the reality is, is you sit here in 2020, you have to make decisions what's best to move forward. Um, so I get what you're saying. And I think it's fair for the fans to be frustrated because it's not just the frustration of Leonard Fournette getting cut after being the top five pick four years ago when we needed a quarterback or that Ronnie Harrison, a third rounder that you're, you know, a year ago telling the, the fan base that this is a guy we're going to build around on defense and going to be one of our safeties um, and then beyond issues and all that. Uh, it goes to the bigger frustration of this team having one productive year uh, in the last decade. 
um, plus, and that's the 2017 season. And so all that put together is where the frustration of the fans comes in, come in, comes in, and I understand it, and I can't blame them for being frustrated. But I think at the same time, you have to separate, um, you know, what happened in 2017 because that's done. You don't get the do-over. You don't get to go back and say, oops, um, can we have Mahomes now? We'll give you Fournette. Um, you don't get to make those decisions, and now you just got to make the best decisions uh, for the uh, for the ball club moving forward. And I think if you look at it, Jeff, I'll ask you: um, Do you think that Leonard Fournette gave this team the best chance at winning running back the way they want to play? Uh, now, I'm not saying they should have cut him. I'm not saying having a guy like Leonard Fournette on your team isn't um, that he's a bad player that he can't play in this league. That's obviously not true. He is a NFL player. But if you look at the situation last year where he got all the touches um, and you looked at the yardage and the receptions, now if you're going to a year where you're going to tell him that, hey, we're going to cut that produ- that uh, volume of touches by 50, 40, 50% because of the way we want to play, um, how would that go over and what does that mean for this football team? And is it the best situation to keep Leonard Fournette uh, when you know that's the direction you're going? No, I'm, I'm with you because, you know, what when you, when you tell a player like Leonard Fournette that, then uh, Leonard is not going to be a happy camper. <laughs> and then what's your culture like then when you have a running back who used to be a big part of the offense and all of a sudden he's asked to take a lesser role, he's not a happy camper in the locker room. So, uh, so I get it. I mean, I, I totally understand it. But uh, it's just unfortunate that, uh, that things of this time, I mean, first and foremost, it's unfortunate that you weren't, weren't able to get anything for him. I mean, Doug Brown said, JP, that uh, they tried. Uh, but it's just yep. surprising because, you know, look, uh, if you're cutting, I don't care if somebody's a top five pick, a top pick overall in the draft. If you can get a biscuit and a cup of coffee, you're going to take a biscuit and a cup of coffee. So it's not like you just said, oh, we don't care about getting any value for Leonard Fournette. Literally, nobody wanted to give anything up for Leonard Fournette. I mean, that, wow, wow. Right. Yeah, but I, mean, I think it wasn't long, obviously. Yeah, what they're you know, they going to have to pay for him. And, I mean, look, I, Jeff, it's a it's a small community. People talk. They understand. It's what what you do as a player on the field is part of it. What you do off the field, the locker room, and kind of the perception that other teams have of you also go into it. And um, again, not that Leonard Fournette is not a NFL running back, he is. But you have to weigh everything in it, uh, uh, weigh it all together, which includes salary, off the field, you know, on the field production, all those things, and and that will really determine your value to a football team. And I think. Obviously, no one was willing to give up a draft pick. Um, and maybe it was because they knew that Jacksonville was going to cut him one way or another and they could get him without having to trade for him. Who knows? Uh, but it, it is a little bit shocking to me as well that they couldn't get anything, even a seventh rounder. Uh, Tony Baselli with us, Jeff Lagerman, J.P. Shadricks, Jaguars Happy Hour. We heard from, from Gardner Minshew at the top of this segment, guys. And, you know... He was under some pressure anyway, obviously, as the starting quarterback going into the season. But you heard him discuss there all the, the tanking stuff, and he knows what's at stake here with, with everything going on. Um, but he seems like, Tony, at least the, the short time we've been around him, that he has the personality type to, to block a lot of that stuff away and focus on the task at hand. How difficult will that be as this season goes along if things go well or, or don't go the, as, as well as they should? Uh, I never worry about the mental side of it for, with Gardner at all. I mean, listen, the, and the challenges that he might face of, you know, being an underdog or putting extra pressure on him or new systems or anything like that. I mean, the guy played in like five different 
systems in college in five different years. I mean, he was all over the place and and found a way to have success amidst it all. He got thrown in after 11 plays last year as a rookie and, um, you know, acquitted himself nicely. Um, so I don't worry about that. Um, you know, I think what we, you know, if I, when I think about Gardner Minshew, I think about it, can he take the next step? Is he, is he the type of player that can carry a team from the quarterback position? Um, you were, you know, you asked the questions about arm strength and stuff that we saw, you know, you know, last year was questionable. I think we've seen a little bit of being a question in training camp at times. I mean, we're hearing that they're going to give him rest, let him rest his arm basically until, you know, opening day and kind of give him a little bit of a breather there uh, and just, you know, look at the mental side. So those are the things I worry about. Not so much of him being able to handle, you know, the distractions and the, you know, the extra noise. I mean, I, I, part of me thinks he thrives on it um, because that's what he's done is, you know, look at his college career and even last year coming in uh, after 11 plays. Uh, let's come back in a moment, uh, guys. We will uh, touch on week one. It's next week. We are inside a week from the first NFL game of the season. That's next Thursday night. And, of course, the Jags host the Colts next Sunday. The Jaguars have introduced Jags at Home, an interactive second-screen experience on Jaguars game days. And to kick it off, the Jags launched an online sweepstakes to give one lucky fan the chance to win a Microsoft Surface Pro 6 and ensure that their home viewing setup is fully equipped with a brand new second screen. Visit jaguars.com slash jags at home and enter to win. The deadline is today. So get your entry in before 11.59 p.m. today. Uh, back in a moment, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com Looking to be your own boss in a proven business model? Do you like construction and working outdoors? Superior Fence and Rail is franchising in new markets all over the Southeast. From Birmingham to Savannah and even a few more markets in Florida. Come win with Superior Fence and Rail and redefine the fence industry. So get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail to learn more about starting a fence franchise today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. 
At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure-ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready-to-go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F-150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. We got to get through obviously today uh, and then you know it goes back to this process that's already started to weigh on me i think you guys have been around me enough to know you know this time of year when um, you know haven't been in this position like a lot of the players you know many times and having cut been cut obviously six times at least six times um it's tough to think that you know you know everyone that's been on that field has given everything we had that's all you can ask for um you know, everybody on that field ha- has a skill. I mean, a skill set. Um, so, you know, I just, I know for from my standpoint, you know, how appreciative I am of, you know, the amount of work, you know, that all these players have put in. Head coach Doug Marone today before practice. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli, final few moments here. We will hear from Doug Marone coming up at 5 o'clock on the Doug Marone Show, and we'll get his thoughts on the Ronnie Harrison trade, the first comments from any Jaguars decision-makers after that deal was made about 3 o'clock officially today. And, you know, he's always um, – he sounds just like that every year leading up to cutdown day, guys. You know, he, he's been through this thing, he said, six times at least as a player, so he understands what that maybe sometimes short interaction when you cut a player means to that player, and he remembers the ones that happened to him throughout his career uh, coming up in the National Football League. So, you know, Tony, it's a tough day for Doug. He he. He appreciates everything that's happened on the field, but at some point you gotta, it's a business. You gotta cut the team and move on. Yeah, I mean, I, it's no fun. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, in, you know, outside of athletics can understand, you know, you get fired or someone lets you go for whatever reason. Sometimes, especially, in, you know, look, we look in this pandemic, you know, time we live in around COVID. I mean, people have lost their jobs and, done a great good workers and they just it, there's no place and a lot of times in the nfl it's the same thing as, as doug said these are guys that do have skill sets some will end up on other teams um but you have to get down to a number uh it's no fun to do for anybody it's not fun for the players um it's not fun for the coaches uh but it's part of the process and it's a, a necessary evil. and because you have a number you have to get to and that that day is coming pretty quick 
Let me ask both of you guys. I think it'll be what, pretty what be interesting, toughest... JP, uh, as well, because what happens after the cut? Because, I mean, look, I think they probably could cut the roster right now. I don't think they're wavering on any position or trying to figure out who to keep or who to release. I think they got a pretty good idea of exactly what the roster makeup is going to be. But the interest for me is also because you have a practice squad that you may have to depend on this year like no other year, and you've got an expanded practice squad to 16, are you going to have – all 16 of those come from your roster that you had in training camp, or, or is it going to be like we've seen in the past with a young team, which the Jaguars have committed to, do they start bringing in other guys that maybe they liked that other teams aren't holding on to? Uh, or do they bring in maybe some veteran guys that uh, maybe a, a talent-rich team at defensive tackle lets a guy go and the Jaguars feel like that they can make an upgrade there? You know, so I think there's some intriguing things that are going to happen with this football team. I don't think by any means they're done uh, manipulating the roster. I'm not talking about trading more guys. I'm talking about maybe changing out some positions and adding some guys that maybe let go from other teams or maybe even acquired in a trade. So much like you, you go all the way back to 13, the number of roster transactions that this team had. And I think, Tony, we had a bet on it, and you ended up winning because it was so many of them. I think this year is going to be very active just like that year. And the hard part about that, though, Jeff, is like what what are you making those decisions based on? Because you didn't have a preseason. College evaluation. Yeah, it's a college evaluation. You're exactly right. It's either college evaluation or last year's tape evaluation if it's a one, you know, a first-year player that was in the NFL last right. year. So. Um, it's not like you can look at the preseason and say, hey, we like this guy. Look, man, he looked good on tape. It's really from past um, past work your scout, your scouting department has done. And so I think it – I do agree there's going to be some movement. It's just interesting. Like you're making some bets on guys that you haven't seen in, in uh, any real action. JT Thomas was one of the most notable names that year in 2013 that was claimed by the Jags. And I think week one, if I remember right, he had a blocked punt on special teams for the Jags in his first game of action just a week after or less than a week than joining the team. Let's go around the National Football League, and we'll start with a former Jaguar who goes right down the road to Tampa, a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, boy, what a move down there for Fournette. One-year deal, Tony. How's he going to fit in in Tampa? Well, I thought it was interesting. I was reading an article today, and Bruce Arians basically said it's running back by committee. Everyone has a role, and they can do something. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, I read that they thought they liked Leonard Fournette because he's a good pass blocker. Um, and Bruce Arians was very clear that Ronald Jones, which is their second-year pick of two years ago at the University of Southern California, will be their feature guy. Well, he'll be the guy. And then um, Shady McCoy, who signed it as a free agent, and Leonard Fournette will have roles uh, within the offense. So – um, listen, guys get hurt. Things change throughout the year. Um, you know, I, I have no ill wills against Leonard Fournette at all. Wish him the best. Hope, hope, uh, I hope he has success. Um, but it's going to be a big change for Leonard because, um, you know, one, he's going to a team that's a favorite uh, in the uh, NFL with Tom Brady and Gronk and the rest of the you know group that they have uh, and that they've brought in uh, to that team. But he's also going to go be a role player. He's not going to be the franchise back. The offense isn't going to go around him, um, and he's going to have a specific role to play, and uh, he's going to have to, like, it's a different, It's that's different. He's never experienced that from the time he's laced him up the first time. I guarantee you Leonard Fournette has been the best player 
when he stepped on the field and he was a focal point of that team from, you know, peewee football, the high school football, that LSU. And then when he came to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, this will be a new experience for him. Will he have to play special teams? (laughs) He might. He might have to play a little special team because if you're not the feature back, I mean, look, backs that are active on game day and they're not the feature back, you're expected to contribute on special teams, so he may end up having to do that. I also think it's going to be very interesting to see how Tom Brady and uh, and Leonard Fournette mesh because Tom Brady is very no-nonsense. He's the team-first guy. He's very demanding. Uh, He can be very critical of some of his players, and from what I understand – it takes him a very long time to have trust in guys that are around him. So that will be uh, an interesting watch in Tampa. But I, I wish him nothing but the best, and it's just a shame that it didn't work out here and work out better for all parties involved. The NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, said that he and the competition committee agree that there's no competitive advantage if some teams have fans in the stands and others don't. Logs, do you agree? No, I don't agree. But but here's the thing, JP. We're, we're in the middle of a world pandemic. I mean, and, and you know, you're hearing coaches, coaches and you're hearing some general managers that are out there that are complaining that another team in their division may have an advantage because they're going to have fans and they're not going to be able to have fans. I mean, for heaven's sake, can, can, can we stop complaining about a situation that, look, we, nobody has any control over. You know, let's just be happy and be happy as a coach and be happy as a general manager that you're going to be able to play football, okay? You're going to be able to pipe in crowd noise, okay? Do you think 15,000 in, in the in TIA Bank field is going to have that big of an impact on whether you win or lose? I mean, I mean seriously. I, I think it's some of the most ridiculous baby whining stuff that I've heard in a long time from some of these coaches and general managers that are complaining about – Competitive advantages. But, I, but look, the, the fact is that there, there is an advantage when you have fans and you don't. But that's just the way it is. So just accept it and let's move on. Jeff, I agree with 50% speech. of what uh, – Yeah, well, I, and I agree with about 50% of what you said. I mean, again, let's get a little perspective. Like, are you kidding me? This is what we're going to complain about, about whether we have fans or not. Let's be happy we're playing football. Um, I don't think there's any competitive advantage. Uh, or disadvantage to that. Uh, here's the reality. They're going to be able to pipe in like 85 to 90 decibels of crowd noise, whatever it is. Um, by the way, uh, 20% capacity, um, 15 to 17,000 fans, whatever the number is. You know, if you have in Pittsburgh, I think they're you know, it's 58,000 or whatever. So you're talking 20% of that because like, like 11 or 12,000 people in that stadium. They can't make that much noise. It doesn't matter. It's not going to make one bit of difference whether they are there or you have cardboard cutouts um, sitting in the stands because the uh, crowd noise that you can pipe in will drown out 15,000 people in any stadium in this country. All right. So there you have it on uh, a couple of the big notes. Some other notes, the NFL and the Players Association issued a joint statement today. All league, union, and team facilities will be closed on Election Day in November to ensure every member of the NFL family has the opportunity to vote. And NFL Media and YouTube TV announced a carriage agreement to bring the NFL Network and Red Zone Channel to YouTube TV. Uh, NFL Network available in the base package, the add-on Sports Plus package for the Red Zone Channel. Do you have it? Yes. 
Um, interesting. Which, by the way, I agree with the NFL shutting down, letting everyone go vote. Um, I don't know if you need the whole day to go vote. Pretty much you probably can get that done in a couple hours like if everyone just went and did it. Um, but I get it. I think it's smart. Voting is critical. It's part of our country. You need to go vote. Uh, so I'm 100% for that. But I find it interesting. Um, we'll take the full day off for the vote, which is the right move. But every other holiday does not exist in the NFL. Christmas, Thanksgiving, no matter what it is, you're going to work those days, baby. But it, it's always been like that. So it's just funny to me. Uh, but it is the right move. Uh, you need to highlight voting. Um, I don't know if you need all day, but uh, every player should vote. Uh, every person listening to us uh, should vote when it comes to who our next leader is going to be. Tony, we'll talk to you next week. Logs, hang on. Doug Marone's coming tell, up for everyone involved. I'm hello. JP Shadrick. We'll do it. Uh, we'll ask about Ronnie Harrison after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.